Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, They are on the streets of Manteca, California to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. In a scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder... Some cases, strange cases, will likely remain unsolved until the end of time. On January 22nd, 1918, two men were discovered missing in a case that, though many believe they know what happened, remains a mystery all these years later. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Today's story starts with a chance meeting between two men. James Barclay, Jim to everyone who knew him, was a manager at the Wanangata Station in Australia in 1916. Having recently lost his wife to tuberculosis, and after sending away his newborn son to live with other relatives, Jim, in his late 40s, usually lived alone at the station and lived a pretty solitary life outside his closest neighbor who lived in Eaglevale. But by late 1917, he had reached out to the owners and convinced them that he needed a hired hand. Hoping to have someone to do the general work around the property, 
cook, and help during their busier times. After looking at what little he had to choose from, Jim decided on December 14, 1917, to hire 61-year-old John Bramford of Black Snake Creek. Though some sources place him in his late 50s, most seem to agree that this man was, quote, surly, was described as having a wicked temper, and was even suspected in strangling his own wife. Either way, this man came to work with Jim, and according to the stockman who came to the station, Alan King, the pair seemed to be on pretty good terms. Not long after beginning their work together, in late December of 1917, both Jim Barclay and John Bramford were seen in Talbotville casting their votes in the reinforcement referendum. A vote held in Australia during the First World War, deciding whether or not to introduce military conscription. How they voted is unknown, but what we do know is that, after staying the night with a man named Albert Stout in town, and being seen leaving for Wanangata at 10 in the morning on December 21st, Jim and John were never seen again. However, since their jobs were so solitary, it wasn't until January 22nd, 1918, that Harry Smith, that faraway neighbor, came to deliver the mail and found that neither man was at the station. With the words, home tonight, scrawled across the kitchen door in chalk, Harry decided to stay for two nights and wait until they came back. But when they failed to do so, he had to return to Eagle Vale on the 24th. Deciding again to go check on the men, Harry came back on February 14th and still found the homestead completely deserted. More troubling was the mail he dropped off before was still sitting there on the kitchen table, and Jim's beloved dog was standing there both neglected and starved. This was enough for Harry to sound the alarm and telegraph the owners, Arthur Phillips and Joffrey Ritchie. Then, on February 23rd, 1918, Arthur Phillips and stockman Jack Jeb arrived in Eaglevale, and with Harry joining them, all three men returned to Wanangata and began a search. That's when they stumbled upon the badly decomposed body of Jim Barclay lying near the creek about 420 paces southeast of the homestead. Identified by the clothing and personal belongings on the body, he had been buried in a shallow grave, but at some point, Either dingoes or foxes uncovered him. He was then, strangely, reburied. With Arthur returning to Mansfield to call the police, Detective Alex McCarroll was dispatched, and with the help of a constable Ryan, the pair made the trip to Wanangata to collect the remains and returned them to Mansfield for a post-mortem examination. When they arrived at the homestead, they narrowly avoided yet another tragedy— when two of the policemen sat down to make themselves a meal, and when sprinkling pepper onto their bacon and eggs from the tin that was on the mantle, someone noticed the peculiar color of the spice and told them to stop. The pepper that they sprinkled all over their meal was, in fact, rabbit and dingo poisoning. Whether or not this fact is connected to the case is unknown, but when searching the home, investigators did find a shotgun in Jim's room that had been recently discharged. Though there were no bloodstains found, and his bed was in a, quote, state of disorder. John Bramford's bed was in a similar state, and they found that both his horse, his saddle, and some of his belongings were missing. The horse, Thelma, was later found running wild without a saddle or bridle on the Howitt High Plains. 
Now, here's where things start to take a strange twist. When taken to the examination, experts determined that Jim Barclay was the victim of a shotgun blast to the back and had been dead for several weeks, possibly because he was a well-respected and liked Bush fan and John was regarded with more suspicion and negativity. It was decided at the inquest that followed that the men had likely gotten into an argument and, after shooting Jim and burying him nearby, John had gone on the run. However, that all changed when their prime suspect, John Bramford, after a statewide search and a hefty reward, was found in November of 1918 by local Bushmen William Hearn, Jim Fry, and Harry Smith. Finding his boot protruding from a pile of logs near the Howitt Plains hut, his body was buried beneath the wood, and because the snow made it impossible to get to Mansfield, his body was taken 80 miles away to Dargo for a post-mortem. That's when they learned that John had a bullet lodged in his skull, and the inquest into his death determined that he, like Jim Barclay, had been murdered by a person or persons unknown. Though the case halted there, remaining unsolved, there are plenty of theories that have popped up over the last few decades. The first and most simple theory is exactly what the first inquest determined, that Jim Barclay was killed by John Bramford and that he was, in turn, hunted down and shot by some friend of Jim's in an act of revenge. Another version claims that he might have taken his own life out of guilt, maybe even because the initial shooting was an accident. This, however, seems unlikely due to John's known temperament and the fact that there was no weapon found near his body, not to mention the fact that it would be nearly impossible for him to bury himself beneath those heavy logs. The other theory involves that lone neighbor, Harry Smith, but there is no direct evidence connecting him to the deaths, and if he was indeed the killer, he would have had to carry out a series of complex lies and deceptions in order to draw attention away from himself. It did seem strange, though, that he allegedly had a, quote, dream that led him to finding John Bramford's body and was there the day that Jim's body was found as well. He was never charged in the crimes, and when Jim's son was old enough, he went to work for Harry Smith for many years in Eagle Vale. Harry Smith died at the age of 86 in 1945, and sometime in the 70s, Jim Barclay Jr. was interviewed about the Wanangata Station, and allegedly told the reporter, quote, It was all a long time ago, and both the murderers are long since dead. I can't see that anything can be gained now. It's all best forgotten. The last theory was that these men were nothing more than the random victims of stock thieves, but the police denied the claims because the only stock missing from the station was John's horse. The case remains a mystery. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on January 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.